Riot Squad, a female-powered media agency proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp, September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there. Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. Welcome to the very first episode. Volume two. Series three. Volume four. Of Your Life, The Mixtape. This is Your Life, The Mixtape, year one. One. who knows me knows that I am a bit of a control freak. Um, so what you are about to hear took a lot. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't need much convincing, um, but it it took a lot of thought for me to be okay with this. And in in the history of this show, I have been nervous exactly four times. Um, and one of those times was the first time I talked to the person that I am about to uh, hand the reins off to. Uh, so please welcome the one and only Mr. Michael Ham. Pause for applause. Yes, yes. Pause for everyone to assume that you were going to say Fifi Dobson and go. Uh, no, I'm really excited and I'm so thankful for this opportunity. Uh, for those who don't know, this is your life, the mixtape, the B-sides, but this time it's a special anniversary edition. So I asked Greg if we could flip the script and I could ask him some of my burning questions and a couple softballs just to make it easier on him because I know everyone listening has gotten to listen to you interview so many incredible people but I really think the audience deserves to hear from you so let me do a quick introduction because you don't get to do this you don't get to brag about yourself so get ready for the laundry list because on today's show we have author presenter podcaster music lover host, producer, comedian, actor, entrepreneur, political commentator. You're on TikTok. You're on Instagram. You're everywhere. Mr. Greg Howard Jr. You have to say the whole name. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for doing this. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So just to let everyone know, the way that this show is going to work is I wanted to ask some music related questions because that's what this podcast is about. But what I wanted to do was give every question a B-side, which is essentially a bit more of an in-depth question that's related to the A-side, but isn't so much about music and is more so about you as a person. So we'll get your musical tastes. I'm sure people have heard all about that, but what we really want is to know about you. <laughs> all 
Are you are you ready? <laughs> I've never seen you so silent in my entire life. Okay. You want me to just kick it off? We're we're at the point that I can no longer change my answers, which I have done. Full disclosure, uh, Michael sent me these questions um, a week ago, and I think I am on probably the thirty fifth round of answers so well now you know how it feels when you ask questions like what is objectively the greatest song of all time and people have to sit there and think for hours and hours and hours so i'm happy jolene by dolly parton oh my god okay and and we're moving on (laughs) all right let's do this question number one what song is the most strongly tied to a positive memory for you? And what is that memory? And that's an easy question. So in in true uh, mixtape fashion, um, I have two answers. So the, the first one is uh, Here and Now by Letters to Cleo. And that was the song that I was listening to at the exact moment uh, that it was announced that President Joe Biden had picked Kamala Harris to be his running mate. Um, And then my second answer uh, is probably more close to what you actually wanted for the answer to this. Um, So I'm going to I'm going to take you back 20 years. Uh, It is. It is the summer of 2002. I have just graduated high school, um, and I am in Alabama at at this time. And I'm in the the bed of a pickup truck with a boy that I had kind of on again, off again, all through high school, been with. Uh, and it was the first time that he told me he loved me. Um, we, we broke up a month later, but that's beside the point. Um, (laughs) anyway, uh, the song that was playing at that moment, and it is still to this day, one of my favorite songs is, uh, Revelation Sunshine by Cree Summer. I saw that on one of the playlists. I'm pretty sure that's, boy, oh, that is an intense memory to have. I mean, First of all, the Kamala one was incredible. What a moment. The internet exploded. It was amazing. I totally understand. But I love the idea of being in Alabama in the back of a pickup truck with the boy you have a crush on and he tells you he loves. Oh, who? Okay, sorry. This isn't part two, but were you in charge of the music? No, actually, it was um, it was one that he had he had put on he introduced me like every everybody knows who Cree Summer is uh you either know her as a phenomenal voice actress who is the voice of many people's childhood or uh you know her as Freddie from a different world well she released an album called Street Fairy that was produced by Lenny Kravitz and it's absolutely impeccable start to finish no skips no, okay. Maybe I'll check out the whole album then. All right, part two, the B-side. Obviously, just hearing you talk about this, we know that you're passionate about music. You've got this podcast, you're passionate about music. So where did this passion come from? Has it always been around? Um, I, my dad was in the military when, when I was a kid. So uh, when I was younger, we we moved maybe like every two, three months. Um, and I, I grew up on a lot of military bases, went to school with other military kids. So, you know, I had friends growing up that were from all over the world. And, you know, one thing that, you know, I, part of the reason I started this show, one thing that everybody has in common, everybody loves music. If you don't love music, you're a sociopath, you know, and that's, that's the universal way to connect. So, you know, and I, I came up in a time when, you know, mixtapes were a thing. So that's like, you made your friends mixtapes and that's how I got exposed to 
you know, a lot of a lot of European artists um, that weren't real big here. Uh, it's where I, I first fell in love with uh, 90s R&B and hip hop. Um, you know, so I think a lot of it came from, you know, chomping at the bit for that next mixtape from the next new kid, you know, just to see where they came from and what what they were listening to. I wow okay that's a great that's a great answer uh so congratulations to you it's so true though like i feel like my musical experience came from other people as well like getting that eclectic sense of music came from you and i we are gentlemen of a similar generation um and that was what it was there was mixtapes being handed around or you were getting your friends brothers like music and that's how i was introduced to like r&b as well and, and obviously you've got this incredibly eclectic taste, which is sort of a great segue into the second question, which is how have your musical cha- tastes changed over the years? I don't listen to the radio anymore, um, mostly because I'm annoyed by commercials. And so I, you know, I used to be very in touch with what was of the moment uh you know all the all the all the newest releases and who was big and who was who was whatever um i can get that now from uh spotify's new music fridays uh you know but now i'm i'm more open to um stuff i wouldn't normally gravitate to um you know something that a lot of people who listen to this show might not be aware of. Uh, I adore bluegrass music. I I am very much a, you know, love EDM. Um, you know, I'm from Atlanta. So, you know, being in, being in the clubs where everything is very EDM, you know, techno based, and then to go other places where it's more like hip hop based, as you well know, I love a deep cut. So whatever's whatever's released as the single from the album, I don't I don't want that. I want to hear everything else. Um. So, so yeah, there's that. I, I think a lot of people think they have eclectic taste in music, but I think you genuinely have the most eclectic taste in music. You've sent me multiple playlists, and on multiple occasions, I'm just like. I don't know this one, but it's great. I don't know this one, but it's great. I don't know. And I think that comes from your ability to ironically flip to the B-sides to say, yeah, that's good. That's catchy, but let's see what else they can do. And yeah, that's that's really cool. And speaking of what else they can do, the B-side of this question, as I rub my hands together evilly, because uh, I'm about to sound like your dad, what do you think you'll be doing in the next five to 10 years? Where do you see yourself? I mean, stock answer here is, you know, hopefully I'll be able to still be doing doing this uh, because I, I love this show. Um, and, you know, hopefully it's every every season of the show it, it keeps getting bigger and you know the the names keep getting bigger um so you know hopefully hopefully i'm i'm in a good place where this is this is all i'm doing okay now this next question question number 3 is a softball which i assume was not a softball for you because of your taste in music but if you had to make up your dream festival 3 day festival friday saturday sunday two headliners per day what is your dream festival so uh this was actually not a softball for me as you as you said um because recently kind of the plan has become that one day i would like for mixtape to be in a place where i can put together a mixtape festival so that's that's kind of where my head is has been at uh lately with with this show. Um so this is kind of a a sneak preview into what I was thinking for uh the mixtape festival. 
Wow. You hear that, folks? We get an exclusive, an exclusive. So uh, Mixtape Festival, in, in my head, there's uh, three stages. There's the bonus track stage, the headliner stage, and then the main stage is the mixtape stage. Um, so Friday on uh, the bonus track stage, and I didn't I didn't stick to two. Uh, there are three headliners on each stage each night. How dare you! This this interview is over. <laughs> <laughs> Look, nobody else gets nobody else has to play by the rules on my show, so I'm I'm not gonna play by the rules on mine. That's true. That's true. You're very generous when it comes to letting people have multiple answers. So Friday night on uh, the bonus track stage, we have a Canadian indie artist by the name of uh, R Flex, who is fantastic that everybody should check out. Um, another another indie artist that I think is going to be really big in the next few years, uh, Sid Seth. And then out of California, uh, her name is Jules. She's a fantastic singer-songwriter. Uh, so then Friday night on the headliner stage, uh, we have Z Machine, who is uh, huge on TikTok. If you're not familiar with him, uh, check him out. Jackson, who with an X, who has been on, on mixtape. And uh, Pure Ecstasy, who is also another one who's been on, on mixtape a couple of times trying to write all these down <laughs> and then uh friday night on the mixtape stage um rupaul oh don't have to write that one down <laughs> taylor dane that one either <laughs> and uh lisa marie presley <laughs> this is incredible this is incredible okay okay Saturday, um, on on the bonus track stage, we've got uh, Drew Thomas out of the UK, uh, who does some really amazing uh, arena rock type stuff. Kisos, who is uh, from the US, he, he's been on mixtape a couple of times, and uh, St. Humane from Australia. He's also, most of these people have been on mixtape a few times. Well, it is the mixtape festival, so it's it's only fair. All right. And then uh, Saturday on the headliner stage, uh, singer-songwriter uh, Melissa Bell, who uh, is from Canada, but she lives in the UK now. She's a heavy favorite of mine right now. I really like her a lot. Uh, Alex Hendricks, uh, this is a touch of nepotism. She, she is my cousin. And then uh, Sabi Sousa who is somebody I think people should watch out for. She's, she's going to be a big one. This is fantastic. Um, lots of good shout outs here. Uh, literally, I'm writing down anyone I've never heard of. I mean, exclusively, you know, excluding people I suppose I've listened to in your podcast when I've listened to the episodes, but that doesn't necessarily mean I've heard their music. So please continue so I can get some more artists. Saturday, mixtape stage, Lisa Stansfield. Okay. Biff Naked. God bless another good Canadian girl. And Zayn Malik. Okay. Okay. God, I have so many questions, but I'm not asking them. I refuse. And then uh, Sunday, closing the whole thing out on uh, the bonus track stage, a band out of Texas called uh, Ne'er Do Well. They were on an episode of bonus tracks right at the very beginning of the show harkens back to early 2000s pop punk type stuff highly recommend that uh goody grace who was on mixtape volume three he was the season premiere i like him and then um a scottish band dancing on tables on uh the bonus track stage on sunday night they recently uh released a new album that i highly recommend it's called color in the gray Sunday on Headliners, uh, Shayla Hope, who uh, has a new album called Damn Feelings that is absolutely fantastic. Uh, she, she is the next great voice in pop music. And can you say the name one more time? Just so everyone can go listen. <laughs> Shayla Hope, C-H-A-Y-L-A. Thank God you spelled it because that's not what I wrote down. <laughs> And then uh, up-and-coming rapper out of California, uh, Grandview, 
he has got a new EP, a vibe called West Volume 3 that I believe comes out on the 11th of November. He He's a brilliant, brilliant lyricist. Um, so definitely check out his stuff. That It's already out, right? Because it's December now. <laughs> right, it's December. Uh, we're recording this in yeah. early November. <laughs> it's all secrets it's all movie magic um and then final act on the headliner stage on sunday night is gregory dylan who uh is a gay pop star basically he's he's a fucking star if you're if you're not if you're not you probably know some of his stuff definitely check out uh he's got a track called plastic ferrari that is one of my favorites it's uh, it's on the B-Sides playlist I sent you. And then uh, mixtape stage, Sunday night, closing it all out. Uh, there are actually four people on, on this one. Dear Lord, I only have so much room on my paper. So we have got uh, Fifi Dobson. Amazing. Grace Jones. Also amazing. Megan The Stallion. Dear Lord. And Beyonce what what a night what a you've you've created what is a, no this is like also just the queerest festival i think that's ever been put together as well this is amazing all right and now i'm gonna repeat everything you know i'm just kidding um <laughs> run that back yeah 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 you hey listen that that was not a softball uh and congratulations on putting together a stellar list of people and giving everyone at home uh, a laundry list of people to go Google and Spotify and Apple Music search. Well, part two of that question. Well, uh, you know, originally I thought this question isn't that connected, but after hearing you create this festival, it's obvious that you do have quite a bit of creativity and your brain works in a very interesting way. So I, I'm wondering what it is that draws you in creatively and, and how do you express that creativity? Because obviously you do a ton of things. So like, where do you, where does this come from? So growing up uh, all through all through high school and into, into my 20s, I was, um, I was very much a theater kid, did show choir in high school. I was a drag queen for the better part of my 20s and 30s. Uh, and then when I retired from that, I, I didn't, I didn't have an outlet and I was kind of at that point where I was like, okay, I, you know, my, my brain goes 90 miles an hour, clearly. Um, so I, I had to figure out some way to, to channel all that. Um, and I decided that I was going to start writing. So I've. I've written and published three books at this point, working on the fourth. Um, and then when I was in between books, I decided to take up podcasting and that's 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 where we are. I mean, it's I'm one of those people that if there's not, if I don't have a creative outlet, I'm just, I'm gonna be miserable. So I'm I'm willing to try anything and everything once within reason that makes that makes from from what I know of you that makes total sense I was like I wonder where he gets his like when I was coming up the question where did he get his creativity from like did he grow up with like was he sheltered or was he able to express it or was he it's just because your brain goes 90 miles an hour and if you didn't you would explode and that that sounds like the Greg I know okay I'm going to ask you about some of those projects in a second, but question number four, just to spice things up, who is an artist that you think sold out? So I have, again, I have two answers for this, and it is it is completely objective, and I've taken it from a place, if you look at where these two artists started at in the early days of their careers, to where they are now. And, you know, they were, they were very groundbreaking when they started. And now they're very much doing everything that everybody else is doing. And it's, it's, I'm not excited by either of them anymore. 
Um, and that's, that's kind of my definition of selling out. Like if you reach a point where people aren't excited about your next project, then, you know, you've lost the plot, you've sold out. And those two artists are Justin Bieber and Pink. Wow. Okay. Oh gosh. Th- that, I'm going to stop saying that that's a great answer after every answer you give, um, <laughs> first of all. But second of all, that is such a great answer. The way you look at it, I think, is a really mature way to look at it. Because in my head, I was like, ooh, this will be spicy. This will be good. And part of me thought, Greg, so- he's not going to want to say anything mean about anyone. He's not going to want to. And you somehow scientifically created an equation that equals a sellout and then have come to two people who I, I would agree with you in that fact. Like, I think both were doing incredible work that genuinely I really, really liked. And now I'm like, it's either more of the same or they're just doing what they are told to do, or it's just, you know, whatever's going to make the money at this point rather than artistic freedom. Well, oh my gosh. I think everyone knows why those two. Anyway, uh, speaking of selling out, tell me about some of your projects and what you've got going on. Because I was Googling you and there is so much to Google that I was like, this bitch can just tell me himself what he's doing. I'm on TikTok and, you know, I I have that. Um, and what else? Obviously, you know. I have that. I. Your TikTok is fantastic. Uh, it's so funny. It's so shady. It's like this side of you that I don't think exists. But then I'm like, well, when it has to do with certain politicians and certain politics, there's room for shade. Absolutely. I have two uh, production companies. Uh, one is uh, Spring Break 83 Entertainment. And that's, I, I produce this show under under that and the other one and spring break 83 entertainment is also ho- also holds the copyrights for uh my tiktok and all my books all, all three of them um and some some other projects that are coming down the pipeline later and then uh there is rod wharton productions which co-produces this show and all the mixtape shows uh but it also produces the other podcasts in in our network um and some that some that haven't aired yet and some that aren't airing anymore and yeah that's that's what i do uh and only you only you would be like well let me brag a little bit um i'm not going to tell you any of the names of my books or the names of my other podcasts or uh, my my first book was called uh, Hi, I'm the Ugly Friend and Other Tales of Not Living Up to My Potential. And that one was just basically me retelling um, the the key points in my life and getting a lot of the thoughts I had in my head out on paper. And then a uh, second book... After the first one, the first one did really well. Um, I was I was on the Amazon bestseller list six times with that one. That's the bragging we want, Greg. Yes, keep it up. <laughs> um, so and and people were like, "Are you going to write another one? Are you going to write another one?" And so I said, "Fine, yeah, absolutely." I I got to a point where I felt like I was um, I was creatively blocked. Everything. Everything I had started, I I couldn't finish it. Um, and I was talking with a friend of mine who lived in Colorado, and he said, "You know, you should um, you should move out here." So, book two is uh, "Don't Make This Weird: A Year in the Life," and it chronicles me potentially moving out to Colorado. Uh, it's very that one's a it's a stream of consciousness type book any anything and everything that was in my head is in that book obviously I didn't move to Colorado um but I still got the book out spoilers that one went platinum that one was number one bestseller uh for about three weeks amazing and then you put out a third one because you were like I'm not done honey one more uh, <laughs> the third book took me uh, two and a half years to write. It 
is my very first work of fiction. It's it's the one I'm most proud of. It's called Life, Liberty, and Something Like Happiness. It's a political rom-com type thing. Um, so please check it out. There are there are gay happenings in the book, like hardcore homosexual things. Uh, so if that's not your bag, I don't recommend it. If, if that if that's not your bag, you can stop. <laughs> There's some some gay happenings occurring right now. So, did, sorry, did you hear the festival artist list? There's already some gay happenings going on. And Don't Make Things Weird, that's your other podcast, right? Don't Make This Weird was my very first podcast. Um, I, I hung that one up earlier this year, May of this year, actually, because I just, I felt like, we had said everything that needed to be said with that show. And I felt like if I took it any further, it wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't have the same spark and it would start to get redundant. So, so I hung that one up and then uh, I had, I had another show. It was called 30 questions with, and it was just me asking a weekly guest, just 30 random fucking questions that, you know, was whatever. That one, I just wasn't passionate about anymore. Um, it, it got to be more of a burden than anything else. Uh, so so that one has, has been, the chapter on that one has been closed. Uh, mixtape was my, my third show. It is my pride and joy in the entire world. I, I I feel like I have been doing this show for 10 years, but it has only it has only been a year at the time that uh, this airs. But you can also catch me on um, It's Like This, a pop culture podcast that is every Monday, and then we do a bonus episode every Thursday. Um, so if you want to hear me talk about something other than music for about an hour with uh, my, my good friend and business partner, Eliane, um, check that out. That's this is what I came here for. <laughs> this is we are here to boost you up. Um, that's amazing. Okay, wow, you do too much. Uh, I'll say it. I'm brave. I'll say it. You do way too much, but you obviously love it. So as long as you're still having fun and not burnt out, you seem to have a really clear idea of when something should be stopped like if whether it's you're not having fun with it or whether it's not giving anything to the audience that's new anymore you I mean I don't have to tell you that you're incredibly professional and you know what you're doing so I'm going on to the next question which is easy ish for me to ask um question number five I know everyone's like question five Jesus Christ uh every question is two parts so it's technically question 10 um I want the mixtape of your life but I want absolutely no explanation just the songs artists that's it i i can tell uh from from what i know of you when we stop recording this you're going to ask me about this 100 percent. but i need to leave some mystery for the audience all right so it is don't hurt yourself by beyonce seven devils by florence and the machine Prettier by Bex, Hurricane by MSMR, Into Dust by Ashtar Command, Perfect by Alanis Morissette, Three Small Words from the Josie and the Pussycat soundtrack, Nervous by Shawn Mendes, Flagpole Sitta by Harvey Danger, Matt and Nats by Natalie McMaster, Gasoline by Enter the Haggis, Missing You by Tina Turner, Throb by Janet Jackson, Say La Vie by Bewitched, Carol of the Bells by Christopher Drake from uh, Batman Arkham Origins. We Belong by Everly. 1979 by The Smashing Pumpkins. I Care by Beyonce. One of These Things First by Nick Drake. Hard Candy Christmas by Dolly Parton. Lover Girl by Tina Marie. And Six Underground by The Sneaker Pimps. I feel like my mouth is agape the whole time you're saying this because I feel like I was just let in on the world's biggest secret or so, like it feels like forbidden knowledge to actually know what your mixtape is like I, I feel like I shouldn't 
have this information and I'm sure everyone listening is pulling their hair because I'm not going to ask you for an explanation but I kind of love that because good carol of the bells from an arkham video game i'm dying oh my god okay get it together mike get it together that is the wildest never anyway oh my god okay part two uh as i'm calm completely unrelated what was your life like growing up where did you come from? We got a little bit of it, you know, army brat. How did you get to where you are now? I I was born in Alaska. I thought it was Atlanta. Is it Alabama, Alaska, Atlanta? It's all these A's. I am I am from Atlanta. I, I was born in Alaska. And uh, we, you know, as I said before, my my dad was in the military. We we moved around a lot. I have, I, I get a real thick Southern accent in two situations, uh, when I'm really drunk or when I'm really mad. Otherwise, it's, it's pretty, pretty under the radar. And, you know, we got here because, you know, again, as I said before, I needed a creative outlet. And, you know, I was, I was appearing on podcasts um, to talk about politics and everybody kept saying you should do this you need to do this you're good at this do this um, and and so I did and you know I I've always said you know my my number one rule for for anything and everything I do is that if if and when it stops being fun I stop doing it and I move on to the next project so that's that's why I've always got nine million pans on the fire because if if something stops being fun, I've got other things that I can do. I have a very similar mentality. Like when I'm cosplaying, I have like four or five costumes on the go at the same time. So if I get bored with one, I just move on to the other one until I get bored of that one and then just pop back over to a next one. And so I, I agree that that's, that's a really great way to go about it. Uh, I'm going to switch these questions because you brought it up. You were talking about talking about politics and being on podcasts and stuff and that's the b side of the next question so i am curious um you talk a lot about politics uh whether on podcasts or on your tiktok or you know wherever uh in general conversations um where where did this come from why is it important to you to talk about politics and why do you think it's important for people's voices to be heard and and yours particularly i I don't know where my love of politics came from. I love politics. I love politics in the same way that some people love professional sports. Um, Election seasons are like the Olympics for me. It's something that's always happening. And it's something that's always important. You know, I, since I have turned 18, I have voted in every election, no matter how small. And that was four years ago, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think the the first time that I really, really took an interest in in politics was uh, the 2000 election, presidential election, uh, which was uh, Al Gore and George W. Bush. Um, you know, I wasn't quite 18 yet, uh, so couldn't 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 vote in that. Um, but I think that sparked in me the the real importance of getting out and voting. And you know, I don't I don't know everything about politics, um, but I have I have a very very informed opinion, um, and I I know how, I've got a pretty good idea of how things work and how things don't work. I understand the need for big ideas. But I also understand that in sometimes in order to make those big ideas happen, you have to do it incrementally. Um, and there's there's a lot of in a lot of the political punditry, there's a lot of that missing. Is you know, it's very much, well, why doesn't ex politician do this? You know, just just do it. Well, no, you can't just do things. Like there's there's a way that things have to be done. And so that's, that's why I've, 
I've never shied away from from talking about politics. Yeah, I think we we live in a world where even correspondence and most news outlets, it's all about titles, it's all about clicks, it's all about headlines, it's all about so so spewing things for good or for bad for both parties, either side of the spectrum. It's about big ideas. And I think one of the things that you do so well when you talk about politics is you're not out to get a headline or a quote or a, so you're willing to speak in nuances and not just say a big flashy problem that the world has and give a really quick way to solve it. And I, I think that's what makes you sort of stand out amongst some of the other people who talk about politics when maybe they shouldn't. Um, no comment, no comment, no comment. Um, so part A of that question was supposed to be what sp- song inspires you to be better? So yeah, what song inspires you to be better? I have I have more than one answer. Uh, um, oh no. Imagine. They're not, these songs on face value are not going to make sense in relation to the question. These songs make more sense when you take the lyrical content and apply it to the question. So my my answers are Bad Reputation by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, Weird People by Little Mix, and Fix Up, Look Sharp by Dizzy Rascal. I know two of those songs, but not well enough to understand what the lyrics are. So we're going to have to do some Googling for that. Uh, so is it sort of like a, if you follow the lyrics, you will be a better person. If you interpret these lyrics, you will. Okay. I like that. I like that. Question number seven of eight, I should note, which artist or artists or band, whatever has had the biggest impact. And this is, uh, and this is because you ask these ridiculous questions has had the biggest impact on the world, for better or for worse. Not your world, not my world, the whole ass world. This is what you get, Gregory. <laughs> so the the obvious answers here are Whitney, Michael, Prince, Dolly Parton, Beyonce, Queen, Tina Turner, you know, in in that realm of everybody knows these people uh some of the maybe not so obvious answers here donna summer low kim uh biggie and tupac snoop dogg um and then the some more of the really not so obvious answers you know are gonna be people like Sade, linda perry candy burris joss stone um Fiona Apple, Radiohead, Daft Punk, Rufus Wainwright. But I really think that as far as like changing, changing the world and changing, you know, how the world hears music, uh, the the real change makers and the real like taste makers are those artists that aren't signed to major labels that you don't necessarily hear on the radio. You know, they're the people who are playing the open mic nights and, you know, doing the, the 2 PM set at the local dive bar. Uh, That's, that's where I think, and you know, anytime one of these independent artists puts out a new project, the world changes, you know, whether it be for whether it's good or whether it's, you know, not great. It's, it's different because it's always, it's something different than not, not everybody is doing. Wow. Uh, Well, with answers like that, I understand uh, why you're so interested in politics. Uh, I feel like you could run for office uh, with answers. Damn it, Mike, you said you weren't going to say every answer was good. Uh, No, I think that's, it's, that's a really great way to look at this question I think that's a really unique way to look at this question because in my head I was thinking like little Kim is such a great example because you know liberating female sexuality and stuff like that and R&B like what it's what it's done for black culture and, and POC culture and everything like those are really important things but 
yeah, like the idea of like so and so out just really working hard to create something that people love uh, is what's making this world a better place people creating their art and doing what they love and not necessarily for the money see now i took your answer and tried to sound smart too um (laughs) well done sir well done yeah thank you yeah 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 this is my interview now i'm the smart one so flip side which artist has had the biggest impact on your personal world janet jackson There's a Janet album for every era of my life. She, she, she's an artist that I, I grew up with. It's one of those things that if, if I really sat down and, and took the time to do it and one day I might, um, I could pinpoint an exact moment in my life and tell you the Janet Jackson song that corresponds with that moment in my life. And 90% of them are going to be deep cuts. I, I, is Janet for you, like one of those artists that you potentially could have answered every question with, but yeah, yeah. I, I get that sense from hearing you talk about her. Like this is, that's a, an interesting, I didn't say great because I said I wouldn't, uh, that's a really interesting answer. I love, I love Janet. Obviously, I'm not as deep into it as you are, uh, but that makes me really happy to hear that that is the artist who has impacted your personal world the most. Fun story, sort of a tangent. Um, I really wanted, um, you'll know, oh my God, the Janet Jackson album where she's wearing the white fluffy thing on the cover. Do you know which one I'm talking So I really wanted that album and I went into the record store and they wouldn't sell it to me because I was too young to buy it. And I had to bring my mom in and my mom was like a huge, like she is diehard Michael fan, like cried when he passed, like, and she came in and she was like, you're going to sell my son this CD. And they're like, well, it comes with a really sexy magnet. So we're not allowed. And my mom was like, grabbed it and was like, my son's seen worse than this. This magnet's fine. And I ended up with the CD and I was like, from that moment, I was like, yes, Janet is everything. Janet is everything. Um, Okay. Last question, part A. Easy. So simple. I'm sure you didn't have to think about it. You're trapped on a desert island and you can only have one song that plays on repeat. What is it? The MacArthur Park Suite by Donna Summer. And, and technically, 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 it's cheating um, because the MacArthur Park Suite is uh, three songs. It's a three-song medley. It's uh, like 17 minutes and like 48 seconds long. Only you. Only you would cheat at an interview. Um, I, I mean, great. You found a way to game the system. I, hey, I get it. If I was going to get trapped and had to bring like a movie, I would bring a long ass movie because you're going to be bored. And now this one, this one is, this one is, we'll see. We'll see how, if you think it's easy or not. I just wanted to end, this is the last question on something kind of fun and and lighthearted because, you know, we talked about politics, which is, well, you know. It's been a tough ride so far. There's been some tough questions, some easy ones. Mr. Greg Howard Jr., if you could go anywhere on a dream vacation, where would you go? I would really, really like to um, take a trip around the world and... Hold on. Everyone stop, pause, pause, pause. You pick a song that is three songs, and then I ask you where you want to go on a trip, and you say, the world? (laughs) (laughs) I want to visit the most iconic concert venues all over the world and take in a show at each of them. Ooh. Okay, I'm going to let that slide because it's a really fucking cool answer. (laughs) Not not Hawaii. Um, That's fine. That's fine. Um, you did say my dream vacation. That is true. I didn't say your dream location, to be fair. Yeah, mine would be like every Disney World 
in the world or like every Disney park in the world. So I'm here for it. I'm here for that answer because mine is very similar. Um, I mean, okay, great. That's I'm done. I'm sure I don't even know how long we've been recording four five hours, six hours. How long has it been? What day is it? (laughs) It's it's day two. It's day two of this recording. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you so much for letting me do this and for doing it. And I'm sure it was nerve wracking. And if you ever asked me these questions, I would refuse to do the interview. So I'm glad you did it. Um, no, thank you. That's as it was. It was a lot of fun, and you know, it's it's always nice to be on this side of it uh, for a change. So, thank you. Can we do plug your socials one more time? Because you didn't say what your TikTok was, you didn't say what your Instagram was. So, just give us your socials, and we can call it. I uh, you can find me on TikTok at that the number one podcast guy uh and then you can find me pretty much everywhere else at that podcast guy the number one. Oh, so, okay not confusing at all we gotta we gotta work on this we gotta get you some matching matching names we'll pay those other people out and see what we can do <laughs> no i actually i have i have the the matches uh confirmed like they're they're mine i just I haven't used them. Of course you do. I'm talking to a goddamn professional. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right, Greg. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll let you sign off yourself because it's your damn show. (laughs) So, yeah, this is the official end uh, to the the one year anniversary of Your Life, the Mixtape. I think thank you, everybody who has ever listen to the show everybody all of my guests each and every one of you has has been a very special moment um and and we wouldn't you know people listen to the show for for y'all not not for me so i i appreciate y'all more than you know and you know stick around for volume five because it's it's gonna be big This has been a Rod Wharton production in association with Spring Break 83 Entertainment. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without explicit consent.